0: Excited that you've tuned in, and I want us to continue discussing preferences. You know the things you like, the things you don't like. We're going to continue talking about this thought. It's not my preference, and today <laughs> I want you to hear a desperate prayer from a disobedient brother by the name of Jonah in Jonah chapter two. Let's begin as we talk about preferences, thinking about desperation. Mm-mm. Because desperation has a way of finding us when hope seems absent and there is no other recourse available. It's in desperation that we find ourselves uttering phrases like, God, I need help right now. We say things like, I need. We even say things like, God, please give me this. See, we utter these phrases with the hope that life would change and that life would change right now question is, Is have you ever felt desperate? Mm. I, I know you don't want to admit it, <laughs> but I want to ask, have you ever felt desperate like when you felt like a situation was just so hopeless that you asked God for help? Desperation takes root as we feel like a situation is so bad that there is absolutely no hope. What's even more truthfully is that We all have or will experience situations where hope seems absent and where we feel desperate. Believers and people who don't even believe in God alike can all find themselves crying out for help in seemingly hopeless situations. And this is exactly where we find Jonah crying out in Jonah chapter 2. My boy Jonah, he's desperate, y'all. I'm talking about he's so desperate that he's saying, God, I need you and I need a move of God right now. See, to give you the E! Hollywood true story, let's hit rewind. Because Jonah has run away from God, he's fallen asleep, took a little nap like I like to do on Sunday evenings. He has explained why he ran from God to some sailors or two. He has declared his faith in God, been thrown overboard from a ship, and he is eaten by a large fish. And now, good Jonah is in the belly of a fish. I'm talking about everything the fish has eaten is all around Jonah's head and he is camping out in the belly of a fish. It's probably nasty, it probably stinks and Jonah is in the belly of this fish. Running Jonah, as I like to call him, is not just chilling y'all in the belly of the fish, he is alive, wouldn't you know that. He's alive but he's fearful. He's alive but he's scared. And he cries out in a desperate prayer to God because ultimately in verses one through six, we notice that Jonah believed his life was over. (laughs) Jonah thought it was over when they threw him over and into the sea. So he's inside the belly of this fish. This is Jonah's last resort. And a prayer of desperation and distress is what Jonah cries out. He cries out saying, beginning at verse two, I called out of my distress to the Lord. And he answered me. I called for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice for you threw me into the sea. Into the heart of the seas, and the current flowed around me. All your breakers and waves passed over me. So I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The deep flowed around me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I descended to the base of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. Friends, He hadn't caught this by now. Jonah has gone through it. He was thrown overboard by some sailors because he told them that the reason that they were experiencing the tumult and the turmoil was literally because he had chosen to run by, run away from God. And now he is surrounded by all of this water in the depths of the sea. He's saturated. He's submerged by water. The power of this water at this time is flinging him to and fro, to and fro, back and forth. He is in a near-death experience. My brother Jonah said, this is it for me. I'm not going to make it. I am desperate. And he's so desperate that he cries out to God, God, please help me. If I use my imagination, I can see him in the nucleus of this sea, hollering, God, I need you, man, God, I need you. Probably working his arms as fast as he can just to stay afloat. And he hollers, God, please help me. He is fighting just to stay alive and just to stay above water just so he can breathe. Seaweed is obstructing his view. It's wrapped around his head and he is saying I guess this is just how life ends. Jonah is scared. He's wondering if this is really it. Maybe you haven't experienced water over your head. But some of you have experienced unexpected cancer diagnosis. Mm. It may not be water over your head, but it very well could have been COVID-19. Maybe it wasn't COVID-19, but it could have been a divorce mixed with a cocktail of depression. Or it could very well be the pressure and the stress of trying to avoid failure. So you believe that you have to be perfect. Mm. Things like this and more cause us to feel like life is over. Mm. It's in these harsh and hard moments of life where we just want the emotional pain and the internal bleeding to just stop. Mm. We like Jonah find ourselves saying, God, if you can just get me out of this, I will serve you. God, if you can just help me in this situation, I promise I'll prioritize you. God, if you just help me right now, I promise I'll be better. But catch this, friends, that in your desperation, some of our best prayers are uttered when we are in a desperate need for a move of God is when we have no other recourse, when we don't have anything else we can depend on. This is when we become not in just relationship with God, but intimate with God. When there is no other course of action, when life seems so dark that we cannot see any light. This is when we cry out to God. And what's so amazing is that God never turns a deaf ear to his children. God always listens to us. Even when we nag God, he's right there because God cares. Even when life is dark, God is there leading us from darkness to light. Even when life seems like it can only get worse, God uses dreams. He uses songs. He uses people to remind us it won't always be like this. God has a way of revealing glimmers of hope when we believe circumstances are lifeless. And this is what we notice in Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. But I want us to look at all of verse 6 because we only read half of it. Verse 6 says, These are Jonah's words. I descended to the base of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. But you have brought up my life from the pit. Lord, my God, Jonah was desperate, y'all, and he thought life was over. He was thrown overboard and the, the sea was flinging him all around. But in his desperation, Jonah's desperation moves him to obedience. Look with me to verses six through 10, because this is where we see a transformation, if you will. See, desperation makes us open. It makes us willing. The key is We have to learn how to be desperate for God. We're desperate for validation. We're desperate for money. We're desperate for success. We're desperate for straight A's. We're desperate for (laughs) the juice that people would love. Some of us are desperate for street cred. Some of us are desperate to have a boo. Some of us are desperate to be married. Some of us believe that our biological clocks are ticking and we're desperate to have children. But my question at this moment is, how desperate are you for God? Because when you are desperate for God, God can cause all the blessings to flow. See, as we are desperate for God, we will shed any blockage of pride. When we really want to move for God, from God in our lives, we will shed even our preferences. And we're able to declare this, God, we want what you want. God, any way you bless us, we will be satisfied. No pride, an open heart, and look at what Jonah does in verse 7. Jonah says, while I was fainting away, y'all, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you, O Lord, into your holy temple. Those who are followers of worthless idols abandon their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you, O God. With a voice of thanksgiving, that which I have vowed I will pay salvation is from the Lord. Here Jonah is saying that in my desperation, once I was thrown overboard, I was headed towards death. But God, I remembered you and you remembered me. He says, God, you came to my rescue and answered my inward prayer and my outward prayer. Jonah is saying, I needed God to save me and you did just that. And so now for this mercy and more, Jonah is telling us that idols should never be worshipped because God deserves all of our praise. Jonah says that those who worship idols are forfeiting the grace and the mercy that God so freely gives Jonah here is passionately appealing to the people of his day, as well as all of us saying, would you just stop deceiving yourselves? Would you stop seeking fulfillment from other things, other people, other places, other systems and materials that money can buy? And would you just seek to constantly be in the presence of God? See, as we read these words, I can't help but ask myself, and you should do the same, where really is God prioritized in your life? Hmm. Is God first or last? Hmm. I mean, among all the business and the responsibilities, where is God in your life? Hmm. See, Jonah experienced trouble, and he was in a near-death experience, and because he cried out, God saved him. God kept him. And even inside the belly of a fish, God has spared the life of Jonah. And he obediently says, I won't sacrifice to any idol because I know who kept me. I know that when I was at my lowest point, God, you came and you visited me. And here is the point that we must wrestle with. Why is it that it takes tragedy for us to prioritize God? Mm. Why is it that it takes a cancer diagnosis or COVID-19 to make us say, God, I need you? Hmm. Students, why is it that it takes us getting a C, D, or F for us to say, oh, God, I need you to be the God of my academics? Why does it take us feeling pain for us to pursue our Savior? Hmm. Friends, let me submit and suggest for your consideration that it should not take pain for us to pursue our Savior, but because God is God, because God is gracious, because God is awesome, because God does for us that which we can't do for ourselves, that is the reason that we should prioritize God because see God not only kept Jonah, but God keeps us when we work out, God is keeping us when we're traveling to and fro. God is keeping us. God is sparing our lives. Even though we treat it just like it's nothing. God is loving us. Even when we feel entitled and Jonah knew that he knew that it was God providing him with mercy He says, even in the belly of a fish, I know it stinks in here. I know a lot is flying all over my head. But the fact that I'm alive to experience it, I'm thankful. (laughs) Friends, right here, you're seeing a transformation happen in the text because Jonah understood that the Lord didn't have to keep him, but he did. Friends, I want you to understand something because we're watching Jonah move from running away and being disobedient to transforming and standing up in obedience for God. But I want you to understand that before disobedience or obedience ever takes place in action, it first takes root inside our hearts. Right here, notice the transformation that Jonah's heart is changing. How so, you may ask? Well, his heart has changed due to Jonah being in a place with no distractions where all he could do was survey his past actions and pray to God. Mm -hmm. Secondly, his heart has changed. Why? Because after surveying his actions of running away, he releases his pride to understand that him being alive even now in this belly of a fish is actually a gift from God. He went from saying, I don't want to do what you're saying, God, to saying literally, God, you're all that I need. Hmm. I know tough moments are painful and challenging, but to be alive and to experience these tough and challenging moments is a gift from God and it proves that God cares. Friends, understand this truth here, that the promise is still active, even when pain is experienced. I'm gonna say that once more. The promise from God is still active even when pain is experienced. Don't believe me. Look at verse 10 (laughs) because this heart change that has happened inside of Jonah, it now prompts this. It says in verse 10 that then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto dry land. Obedience is so powerful, y'all, because it unlocks intimacy with God. It develops us. It leads us into the purpose and plan that God desires. I'm starting to learn that in life, life is less about making decisions that will always make you happy. But God desires for us to live in such a way that we become holy, meaning that we live by the standard. That God has set forth. Friends, we may not like doing what it takes to live in harmony with others all the time, but it's good for us because it's God's desire. And when we're obedient, guess what? Harmony takes place. Friends, we may not like apologizing or forgiving others, but God desires these actions over grudge holding. You see, forgiving others is not always fun, but it's good for us. There's a big difference sometimes between what makes us happy and what is holy. Friends, I even go so far to tell you that we learn from Jonah that obedience is a delayed type of blessing. It's the blessing that doesn't occur immediately. But in faithful obedience over time, God has a way of gifting us with beautiful blessings so much that we don't even hardly have room for them. Jonah teaches us that it shouldn't take near death experiences for us to prioritize God or to trust God. But we need to trust God for who God is. Friends, Jonah teaches us so much. I'm talking about I can't even put it all together and put a bow on it. But I want you to know that the big lesson he's teaching us is that sometimes God will call us to do some things that will transform us into the holiness standard that he desires more than the momentary moment of happiness. So even if God is telling you to live out some obedient actions that may not make you happy in the moment, do it. Because I promise, as my grandmother would say after a while, your blessing will be on its way. Friends, I together take away that we sum up this entire sermon this way. It's this, that desperation removes the stubbornness around our hearts and moves us to obedience. Let's pray. God, thank you. Sometimes, God, we're led by our preferences And it takes these moments of desperation to lead us into intimacy with you. God, help us to be obedient. Help us to be obedient, understanding that you're calling us to be holy. And sometimes that won't always make us happy. It may not make us happy in the moment, but may we trust you that in the future, in the coming days, We will be happy because of your standard of holiness. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Postalian Baptist Church.